I had to pay £140 just to rent a <laughs> bloody penguin looking outfit for four hours. And the, like, the food wasn't even like, like, it was just dead. Everybody was just like. From Toledo Society, I'm Mohamed Zaud, and this is the Transit Lounge, where we track the journeys of people who've had a considerable impact on the Muslim world. Today on the show, Magid Magid, the mayor of Sheffield. So guys, last week I came to a realization and thought to share it with my Facebook friends. It said the following, in 2016, I had just finished high school and was ready to take on the world. And something I really believed was that we will change the world. Fast forward 10 years later, in 2016, it was more like we can change the world. And then fast forward again to 2019. These days, it's more like where the heck are the Tupperware lids? So the thing is, I grew up really concerned about how I would change the world, how I'd move the lever on something somehow. I wouldn't get caught up in the minute battles or projects. I'd be more concerned mainly on bigger picture stuff. I was once asked to join the local political party and run for local council. And I was like, nah, what change could I possibly make in local government? I'd change like garbage collection day to twice a week, whoopity do. Well, all jokes aside, our guest today is very much a bigger picture guy who's chosen the path of local government. You may have seen his inauguration picture go viral. Maggot Maggot is ruffling feathers everywhere he goes and all for the right reasons. In this interview, we focus less on his journey as a Somali refugee and more on his political journey, his journey to getting into politics in the first place and then why he chose the Greens as his party. Enjoy the interview. And you went to the University of Hull. You studied aquatic zoology. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so what did you do? Like, just go through the yellow pages and say, yep, yeah, well, this- That's not far off, bro. Like, <laughs> do you know what it is? So, at the time, I, before I went to uni, I remember I was working in, like, a factory, for, like, doing 12-hour shifts every day for, like, eight to ten weeks, right? Just to save up enough money to do a bit of traveling. And I was fascinated by the world, and I was really into my scuba diving and whatnot. And then for me, I just needed to go to university. I didn't care what I did, it just because I knew the opportunities university brought about. Like, And when I had to choose what I wanted to study, the UCAS deadline was approaching. I was like, a, right, right, A, not interested in accounting. B, but like literally going down the list. Z was at the bottom. I was like, oh, zoology, aquatic zoology. Yeah, that'll be. The time's running out. Got to yeah, pick yeah, yeah. And I just did that. And I fully well... But did you see yourself practicing? I never had the intention of being a marine biologist or getting into conservation or pursuing that as a career. Literally just wanted to go to university. And you you became the president of the whole university union. Yeah, yeah. So this is when I kind of recently just, that's that's when I started to get involved in speaking out. And for me, I was always, I cared about issues based. I wasn't political at university. I couldn't honestly even tell you the difference between left and right. I was completely like over my head but I knew I cared about issues I knew I wanted to stand up for free education I knew I wanted to eradicate the hidden cost costs of university there's certain things that I was campaigning was interested sure. in so when it came to friends with Tim have you thought about running for student union president of course I didn't because if you look at the last 10 presidents or so it was all politics students and from the labour society of the university that's a very politics dominated mm. university 
I'm like, well, that's not for me. I just didn't see myself doing it. He's someone studying zoology, but yeah, interesting... I come from a sports background and not yeah. political in any way, but wants to kind of make some sort of change. And for me, that's why I thought, do you know what? Let me just give it a crack. And I just won with a complete landslide. So what did you do in the Green Party? Apparently you were fundraising or something. Yeah, yeah. So to begin with, I kind of was Sheffield Green Party, like fundraising officer. So I was just doing that voluntary on the side, just support. Did you do a good job? Yeah, we fundraised quite a lot of money. All 200 pounds. I'm joking. We fundraised a lot of money. <laughs> but it was like, but you know what? Interesting with the Green Party, we're always broke. In the sense that we turn down millions of pounds each year because they don't come from ethical sources. Whereas if you do that with Labour and Tories, they'll take it and they'll end up giving you a peerage in the House of Lords. So with the, it's one of the issues with the Green Party is like, we don't play the game. We're trying to change the game, but it's just a lot harder. And I understand we're not going to take over the country anytime soon, but it gives me peace that at least I feel like I'm doing, I believe in what I'm doing. It's, it's interesting because like, all, all my closest friends, family, are just Labour voters and just Labour supporters. That's right, yeah. And I think is it like a thing, well, Labour have just got the ethnic vote in the UK, like majority, like most of the ethnic vote. Because a lot of the time people, it's just identity politics. It's a case of, well, we're not blue, we're not conservative, we're voting Labour. It's just who we are. It's literally like a football team. But for me, I did a lot of research and I kind of thought, well, what what do I care about? What are my lines, etc., right? And for me, at the time, like, well, the Green Party had a red line against austerity. They clearly stood for um, free education. Even when it came to like their stance on foreign policy, I thought was amazing. Everything was like, oh, like they were just like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. Sure. It was clear as day. Whereas the Labour Party, they weren't. They was like, I said, oh, you don't care about them too because I knew I was more that way. I wasn't like, mm. I don't know. It's, they weren't, you didn't know what they stood because they were trying to appease different people. But even if you look at the way the political parties are run, for example, the main political parties, whether that be your Tories, Labour, and mm. Lib Dems, it's a top-down approach. The people at the top decide what the policy is. That's mm. why on one hand, you can have Tony Blair and then Jeremy Corbyn, completely different people that shouldn't even be in the same political party, mm. right? And I did not like that, yet dictated by who's on top. Whereas with the Green Party, it's the members that decide, the people at the bottom decide what the policy is mm. through motions, voting, conference, and then the people at the top only are there to represent those, right? And for me, that just seemed like a more democratic, more fair way of working with people. And that's what really, one of the ways they're inclined for it. And it's also a case of, I felt like they, like everything about the policy of the Green Party, whether like we've got one planet we need to live within our means, everything. But what I always tell people is I'm not loyal to any political party. I'm loyal to policies and principles. So the moment the Green Party started doing some mad, crazy stuff like, like bombing innocent people or like, or basically for everything, that's the moment I leave. But yeah, I feel like too many people are like, it's like, Football teams, this is who I suppose who I am. So you joined in 2014. In 2016, they appoint you uh, all the... I got were... elected as a councillor. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So it's like when I joined in 2014, I didn't even know what a councillor was, what they did. Like, I literally <laughs> had no idea. But then I kind of was just learning. I would read a lot. I would go on YouTube quite a lot, like the internet. So in 2017, you were nominated by three green councillors for Lord Mayor. Yes. So basically, um, we were discussing whether like, we should put a green candidate forward for and um, to be Lord Mayor. And then I spoke with my colleagues and they were like, kind of like, said, imagine we think you'd be, have you thought about it? And I thought, well, not really. Because, bro, like, I didn't even know what a council was like two years. It's not something I really ever see myself a career in politics. And plus, nobody joins the Greens to have a career in politics. But it's for me, it was a case of, again, I seen a great platform. Like, well, this is a great platform to do great things, right? And then they put me forward and then we had an election within the council, then the other councillors elected and they kind of... Yeah, so um, at your inauguration... Yes. 
you know, normally I'm assuming people play like Mozart and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really Imperial play Mozart. March. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it is about? Like, and, like, and the Superman theme. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do you know, like politics, right? It can be unforgiving, but it should never be. It, it should be joyous. It should be fun, right? But it's like, have fun with it at the end of the day, right? So for me, I was like, well, do you know what? This is my inauguration. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And I thought, I'm going to my come party, out. Mate. Yeah, yeah, literally. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to come out to the Imperial March. They, oh my God, they're like, who do you think you are? You, we've always done it like this. You're breaking tradition. I said, listen, I'm the Lord. I'm going to do it this way. And no, I'm the Lord Mayor, mate. How about your white tie? Apparently you had to rent a white tie. But why was I <laughs> I was, bro, listen, it was, it's, the, it's the only white tie event outside of London. I had to pay £140 just to rent a <laughs> bloody penguin-looking outfit for four hours. And the, like, the food wasn't even, like, it was just dead. Everybody was just like... But do you know what certain, like, it's like... Do you know what it's like? It's, I'll do certain, like, people feel, feel like I'm completely all against tradition. It's not like I would wear, in ceremony jewels, I would wear that, like, full-on robes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but if I... If I I, I question things. If I don't see it fit or necessary, I won't do it. But in certain times, I would do it. But it's just, but I'll always add my flavor to it. So on, on a serious note, like um, there have been thousands of signatures yeah, 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 on yeah. a petition, like to have you removed, saying yeah. that you're, you're a laughing stock, you're killing our tradition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, there's a lot of hate. There's honestly, I've, I've been getting death threats. I've been getting everything. But do you know what it is? It's for some, that campaign, that campaign was started off by Breitbart's who are notorious yeah. for being anti-Muslim and whatnot. But a lot of these people, there's a lot of people even within Sheffield that hate me. Why? And because, bro, it's like the moment you stick your neck out and you don't sit on the fence and you're very vocal, this is what, I'm, this is what I stand for, this is what I'm going to say, people either love you or hate you. And for me, it's literally like, there's no like, how, how do you feel about magic? like, I don't really know. It's like, most people are like, we, we really love him or we absolutely can't stand him. And the people that hate me or the ones that never like me anywhere. And they will mask it around tradition, whatever, when it's basically blatant racism. They just can't seem like, even letters written and saying, somebody like, even if you look at the, like, the petition being removed now mm. because of the racist, vile stuff that was on there. If you read all the comments, 80% of the comments was like, we don't need like these Muslims coming here taking stuff. It should only be reserved for white people. Like, it was just vile stuff, right? And what keeps you going? the other people that are saying you're doing an amazing job. Because, bro, for every negative comment, there's so many more positive comments. The positive outweigh the negatives, right? And for me, it, at times, it can be easy to focus on the negative stuff, but it's the positive stuff that really drives some people I've never met before in my life, right? People from all parts of the world that are, like, pushing and encouraging me, and it's like, they're the ones and that, like, kind of, I just tend to focus. You'll never ever see me on social media ever getting involved in any beef or arguing. I just... My energy is limited, so I always rather focus that energy on the positive stuff. And how, how important is your Muslim identity in all of this? How about like 100% like it's Muslim identity for me is, I don't know, it's like when I say it's my first identity, but it's something that I'm always aware of. It's something that pe I, I, people, is no secret. When people say it's like, I'm a Muslim, it's like, when like, even, even at an interview, right, I gave, and the woman, she was like, well, do you know what my generation said? But we won't include the fact that you're a Muslim. Said, no, I 100% you are going to include the fact that I'm Muslim because they didn't want to include it. But I'm like, well, no, I'm proud to be a Muslim. So I had to reiterate that a couple of times. But for me, it's, Alhamdulillah, it's just part of my faith. And it's just, yeah, it's, it runs through everything I do. And um, like, what do you say to a young hijabi or young Somali Muslim 
who's finding it hard to kind of get a job uh, because of their name or because of their background faces a bit of racism at uni or at, what what do you say to these guys do you know what it is bro i had a friend who a friend's brother who changed his name because he was finding it hard to get a job and this is like you hear stories of like sisters putting their hijabs down for me it's i don't know everyone's got their own struggles and I can never really say, well, you, you shouldn't be doing that because yeah, I could sure. never really understand that. But for me personally, this is who I am. You either take me or take it or leave it. I can't personally give up my principles and morals just to get a head start. I'll basically just do it. But I understand it's difficult. But what I would say, well, I had just be a case of just stay steadfast and as well as doing your prayers and stuff like that, be smart in what you're doing. Like it's, if you, if you're strong with it, look, try and be creative with it. There's always mm. different solutions. It's not a case of, I can't get it because of this. Well, there's other ways you can get around. I don't know what the answers are because each case is different, but just say something steadfast, believe in yourself and have and the faith that you can do it, but try and do things a bit different. And, for, and I also answer is like, if you feel as if like you're not being supported by your family, like those people close to you, find your tribe, find those people that are willing to support you and sure and where to from here for for measure right now Allah alam if i'm being 100 percent honest with you if anybody sees what i've done for my life there's never been like uh, uh, like a like, linear trajectory like, yeah. there really hasn't been i've like i always just take opportunities and people say Man, are you gonna have a career in politics but you know but you don't have to have a fancy title like lord mayor or be an mp However, to make real difference, most of the people who are making a real difference are ordinary people like yourselves, a lot of people who are here today or people within our community who are making real difference. So for me, as long as I feel like I'm, I'm making a positive contribution to help our Muslim brothers and sisters and just to the wider society in general, I'll be happy in what I do. So I'm just trying to figure things out at the moment. So All right. A couple of quick questions. Quick fire questions. Are you ready? Let's show What are two do's and two don'ts? <laughs> Right, these are hard ones. <laughs> two do's and two don'ts and, and and about anything you interpret as you wish okay two do's be kind and see the good in people two don'ts don't be selfish and don't be a prick alright a couple of good don'ts no yeah. no that's alright okay okay yeah. I don't know if I can swear yeah, but if you have something else to say I can't think of anything alright so imagine you're in Mecca right okay and the Imam chucks a sicky, he's sick. Okay. It's twenty seventh night of Ramadan. Okay. And they say they need an Imam and, and, and you're the first one in the line. Okay. And you've got the chance to make one dua. What is that dua? Okay. <laughs> there are four you guys that say, Are you will you do it? Like would you actually do it? Like, would I do would I don't do know. Like, like would you but, do but, it? But if I was in Mecca, that's what it is would be millions more people more qualified. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but what would be the one du'a I would make? SubhanAllah, what an amazing question that is. Wow. I don't know what to, like, if I make one du'a, like, if I would get accepted, Allah, Allah, me like, the one I would literally, like, just guide, guide us to the straight path and say, Allah, just literally that would be it. Okay. If you didn't have to do what you were doing right now, what would you be doing? Wow. All right. It's like, if money was an option, or like, what would I be doing? <sighs> Scuba diving. No, do you know what, like, I don't know if I wasn't, I think I would always be involved in, with people, regardless of whatever I'd be doing, because I don't know, like, but it'll always be involved with people orientated and development and probably sprinkle a bit of exotic traveling, great food, 
<laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Other than Sheffield. Other than Sheffield. I'm a big fan of Zanzibar. Why? I've been there and I just love it. Great food, great weather, great people. If there's a book that you'd gift to someone. Quran. If anyone says... Come on, man. Do- <laughs> something else, man. Come on, I'm man. joking. Apart- that's like... That's I know, a, I know. That, I know. that goes with the other book. I know, of you course, know. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could give one book... Do you know what I'm trying to get into books. I'm like, what was the last book I read was... The last book I read was a, a memoir book called When Breath Becomes Air. I don't know, like, but it's like, I really don't know. My wife's reading that at the moment. It's, it's a b- yeah. great book. A medical... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an amazing book. It really, really is an amazing book. All right, Major. Jazakallah khair. No way, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you very much, bro. Hi, guys. Just a quick plug for Toledo Society. The Transit Lounge is one podcast in a network of podcasts called Toledo Society. Visit us on toledosociety.com. That's T-O-L-E-D-O, Toledo, society.com to find out more.